how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media, where we talk about tech stuff, tech news, science news, random tech and science related stuff that we feel like talking about on this particular day. And I'm historian Matt, and I do a lot of science and tech news. Got a little science news. What else I got? I got uh, um, tech news related to some uh, you know ransomware stuff. So basically, my two stories are: scientists are collecting dead birds and bats killed by renewables, and I'll talk about why that's important and some, a little info about that. And then the second one is. Victims are refusing to pay ransomware attackers, which is kind of a good thing. There's good reasons why that is happening, but you and the pink mic, what do you got? All right. My name is HK Perrin. I'm a software engineer and I cover software engineering news. And this, this week is a doozy. Uh, This week, the Linux foundation has formed a new foundation called the open metaverse foundation. So we're going to talk about that, what that means, and what their uh, their mission is. So over to you with the black microphone. So I'm Dave. I'm the producer of this and every show on Echoplex Media, and that's why I sound exhausted. Um, <laughs> this week, I'll be talking about uh, Microsoft doing a, a stupid thing related to Davos and then firing some people. And then uh, we'll be talking about how actually in a court of law, you cannot just post through it. Turns out you have to answer people's questions and, uh, you know, I bet you know who that's about over to you, Matt. All right. So, uh, my first story is scientists collect dead birds and bats killed by renewables. So they're basically scientists who, uh, research, do research on birds and bats or collecting all these supposedly dead birds and bats that are killed by renewables, mostly wind farms, of course, because those are the ones that seem to be killing all the the birds and bats supposedly uh and it's important uh, this is kind of a as less of news thing has been going on for a while more of a request for funding so i have a link to the article in the show notes so please go take a look at it. it's a long read it's a lot of interesting stuff in there and uh try to help them out with some funding there uh, i don't know if you can give directly to that or not but they really want to learn more they're trying to figure out like uh, what they can do with renewables to new, renewable projects to reduce the number of animals killed by that. So what can we change in wind farms to have them kill uh, less birds? Uh, and But alternatively, just having this big collection of dead birds and bats gives a, some valuable insight into the lives of these animals, like migration patterns and stuff like that. Um, so windmills are obviously the, the big ones that are killing, uh, lots of birds and bats. They, they kill about hundreds of thousands of birds and bats per year. Uh, solar actually kills less, but you know, I think the number of people we've covered, I don't think in this podcast, but in another podcast, we covered actually the, uh, solar thermal installations are notorious for killing birds when they actually fly sort of in the range of those, those installations. Uh, but actually solar panels kill a number of birds by birds, just kind of flying into them. Uh, there's actually another problem with solar panels. If you have a big like solar panel farm, if the, since they're a little bit reflective, you know, most of the, you know, light is supposed to be converted and absorbed and converted into energy, but you know, they have glass on it. So it's a little bit of reflective 
And at the right angle to birds, it sometimes looks like uh, like a lake or something, and they can fly into them thinking that they're landing on a lake, and that, that kills a few. Uh, it's a little bit worrisome. But uh, I wanted to cover this because this kind of came up in another thing I was doing this past week. But uh, for my uh, quiz, this is mostly for Dave because I already talked to Hunter about this, but... Uh, do you know what the number one killer of birds is without looking at the notes? <laughs> uh, the number one killer look? of birds is probably cats. Yeah. Did you already look at the notes? <laughs> no, I just know that. Okay, that, good. <laughs> that like having your but cats I, I outdoors, it's like an argument against having outdoor cats is that they're going to kill a bunch of birds in your neighborhood. Yes, that is true. And it's a surprisingly large amount because remember I said like people are, are complaining about windmills killing birds. And they kill birds in the hundreds of thousands, like all the windmills out there collected together, kill about hundreds of thousands of birds. You know how many cats kill? That's per year for the windmills as well. But cats per year, you know, Dave? It's got to be more than that hundreds of thousands. I don't know. Are you talking just in the United States or worldwide or? I think it's worldwide. Do you remember what I guessed when you asked me this? I think I guessed um, somewhere in the hundreds of thousands, but you hadn't told me about the, the windmills first, right? I think you guessed, um, I thought you guessed in the millions. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, I guessed in the millions. Yeah. I'm going to guess 600 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think that's probably would have been all the birds. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. A little high. <laughs> no, uh, maybe 5 million in the United States, something like that. Yeah. You're way, well, I, I don't know about in the United States specifically, but I think probably in the United States, way too low as well. The actual number for birds killed by cats worldwide per year is a little over 1 billion. Whoa. Uh, well, actually, it's a, I, in my notes from the, the article, it says 1.4 to 3.7 billion per year. So when people complain about windmills, it's like many orders of magnitudes difference. <laughs> between that and, and cats. So, <laughs> and you don't even, and it's not like we should get rid of cats. We just, if you keep your cats indoors or more, keep more cats indoors, uh, you'll save lots and lots of birds way more than, uh, if we like kept 1% more cats indoors, we would save more birds than like, like 10 times or a hundred times the number of birds killed by windmills. So what I don't but, understand is, is there like a bird shortage that people are worried about? <laughs> like, isn't it just, the cats are, you know, it kind of just happens. Causing a lot of problems. Uh, um, but windmills, not that much. The, the second most, and I wanted to put this in there uh, because it's a little more similar to actual windmills, but buildings are the second top killers of birds. Quite a bit less, but still a lot with about 600 million per year. Uh, and I want to point it out because uh, buildings are killing windmills for similar reasons. They're, you know, they're about the same height, you know, killing birds after what killing birds, killing birds. Yeah. I would yeah, like to see like, a, I'd like to see like, remember that battle bot show, except it would be like yeah. the empire state building versus three windmills. <laughs> that'd be a great, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great Sorry, fight. Killing birds, not windmills. That would be very uh, cool. That's a whole other topic, that. but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean i don't know what you do about birds flying into buildings at some point you know there, there's there's the term or phrase you know bird brain for a reason right 
And not for nothing. I mean, I, I've yeah. been in just a house where a bird just flies into the window of the house. Yeah, I do want to ask a question about this. Uh, you mentioned the solar thermal installations that kill birds when they fly in range. Are you talking yeah. about the the ones that have that the big array of mirrors that all point yes. at the one central spot yes. where it like makes molten salt or something? Yep. Yeah. Uh, have you heard? Uh, I I watched like a documentary or something on that, like some YouTube video on that. Have you heard the nickname that they have for when the bird flies through it and bursts into flames and falls to the ground? I have heard it, but I don't remember what it is. And I'm pretty sure you told me what it is. I think they call them streakers. Streakers. <laughs> I think because they like burst into flames and then streak across. Yeah. The I call bird. it a shooting star. scariest one. Shooting star. <laughs> That's the scariest one because there's like, birds uh like they can't there's nothing to see there if they're just yeah. in range i mean they'd have to know what's going on to know that if they flew in the range they're going to burst in the flames uh, yeah. but luckily <laughs> they're not very popular anymore because uh the solar panels are way more efficient now yeah uh, so that's very expensive is kind for, of getting turned down for not as much uh, as just buying solar panels. even though the the solar thermal you can run at night depending on the design. Um, is there any but, human body count associated with the flaming birds in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> Cause that'd be a weird way uh, to go. Right. Like you're just, you're just working <laughs> in one of these installations. And all of a sudden this flaming bird just comes and takes you out. <laughs> like that game, angry birds a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I would Matt's assume like, why no do I do this show with these two idiots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, just one more question. Do we, no yeah. mention of windmill cancer in any of this, right? As far as I know, there's no windmill <laughs> cancer. The birds are not getting cancer and dying. They're actually either <laughs> the being struck by even the, the sound, the rear, 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 even that yeah. doesn't Have do it. Have you been near like windmills? Like they don't make that much sound. Uh, don't ask. I didn't. Uh, I I've never heard it. I have on good yeah. authority that the windmills sound like rare, rare, rare. An expert in the field told me that. Right. Of course. <laughs> All right, Matt. This is this is stupid. What's your next story? Moving on to the next one. So victims are refusing to pay ransomware attackers. So uh, payments to ransomware uh, attackers drop fell from $766 million to about $457 million in 2022. I think that was the first one was 2021. Uh, attackers. So, so what's happening then is uh, attackers are switching malware strains more frequently. They're keeping more profit on mainstream crypto exchanges, which seems to me like a really bad idea. Uh, they are, and, uh, since many of the attacks are originating in Russia, some government sanctions are having problems also. It's like victims can't actually pay at all if they're paying a, a ransomware guy in, in Russia right now. Uh, and so, uh, and then there's another stat that, uh, victims, the number of, or the percent of victims that pay fell from 85% in the first quarter of 2019 down to 37% in the fourth quarter of 2022. So this is a little bit weird, but basically these, uh, these attackers are the ransomware attackers are just having 
more problems all around making money doing this stuff and that's that's a good thing at least but people are still getting attacked and stuff to people are losing info uh cybersecurity analysis firm coveware 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 uh gives the following reasons they uh think that investments in security and response planning have has been uh, paying off so uh people are not getting ransomware as often and are able to recover from it a little better or figure out ways to recover without paying the the attackers also improvements in law enforcement uh, that only can go so far but they've been doing a lot better in recovering funds and arresting attackers and then uh finally because of all these other things going on and people aren't paying as much uh, fewer payments are pushing attackers out of business entirely uh, thus just making less attacks to begin with what do you guys think this sounds like some good news to some extent yeah i think it's really good news uh it's even though there's fewer payments that does not mean you shouldn't be investing in a good backup solution always back up all your data right and uh, important importantly too is if you're running one of those backups that just syncs folders and then they encrypt that folder guess what unless you have versioning (laughs) on there where it like keeps every iteration of the file, you're just backing up the thing that they just stole from you. Basically you're back. You're like making yeah. a, you're making a copy of yourself getting owned. And so, yeah. <laughs> so like you should yeah. having a, a backup solution that syncs your files is good for if you make mistakes and delete things, but having another backup solution that doesn't do that, where you manually back up any mission critical data for your organization is also very important. <clears throat> but then you yeah, have to and, remember to do it. And if you have uh, something like this, the little uh, USB hard drive that you plug into your computer that you back up to, remember to unplug it once you're done. Because if you get hit with a ransomware attack, it'll encrypt your backup too. Right. Yeah. If it's still plugged in. And <clears throat> depending on how you're, you're set up, if you have a NAS, that could happen to you as well, network-attached storage. So it's really important to, mm-hmm. as, as HK was showing right there, either have a, like, a USB device that you pull yourself, but that doesn't really work for big organizations, for even or medium or even small business. You need to have some other solution that is either like, manually triggered once a week that doesn't overwrite your old files or something something some yeah you have to have something that isn't going to just automatically overwrite what you previously had because a lot of people are like oh i have a backup and it's like well no you're using sync thing so that 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 you may think you have a backup but what you now have is two sets of encrypted files (laughs) (laughs) and yeah uh, Yeah, make sure it's your wherever you're backing up to isn't always connected to your computer basically is what or if you have something like that make sure that's not your only backup make sure there's one or if you do have that just something that versions that has versions of files so that it's not overwriting everything something that's only overwriting the changes for versioning and if you don't know what any of this means uh hopefully you have somebody in your organization who does yep yep uh ask ask your techie friend what you should be doing to back up hopefully they'll help you and they'll tell you they'll tell you you know you probably shouldn't be asking me because i'm not doing enough to back up my important files because that's what every techie (laughs) person i know would say i mean i have a pretty good backup solution i have anything important goes on to uh, google drive and i do that manually for this organization because there's not that many files and i don't keep things for that long and then i have a nas and um 
you know, if it's for you personally, you probably don't have to worry about ransomware anywhere. There, anyway, there's no there's no real money in going after an individual for, for ransomware because most yeah. individuals they don't back their stuff up anyway. So if their their laptop crashes, they just lost all their pictures, or it's all on Google Photos and they didn't lose anything. Yep. Yeah, but it's still like it still could happen, and also there's other reasons to have backups. You know, if your if your laptop poops out on you, it's good to have a backup so you can just go buy a new laptop and copy all your files from your backup. Or uh, if you're if you delete something accidentally, it's good to have like Dave was saying, versioned backups, so you can go back to like say you deleted it last week, you could go back to last week plus one day, and then grab the file from that snapshot right that starts taking up a lot of space but the average person doesn't need five years of it the average person could get away with 90 days on that you know if it's just you yeah as but an also individual. the average person doesn't have much stuff right you know even if it's taking up a lot of space it's for right. them a lot of space is going to be like 100 gigs right like like i have a lot of stuff but that's because right now i'm recording a video of us doing this <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets, then it gets, you know, it gets sent a bunch of places and then it gets, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of different versions of this and audio, but yeah, the average person, in fact, the average person is, this stuff probably doesn't hit them at all because the average person is probably using Google docs for any of their, any of their word processing. Like, what are they keeping? Like, you know, if they have, if you have a photos folder, the average person probably has it backed up to one or more places. And if you get hit with this ransomware, it's not going to encrypt your Google photos or your Amazon photos. Your music's probably all backed up somewhere automatically, you know, via iTunes or whatever you're using to manage your music. Like, and real music aficionados probably have CDs or vinyl. And so like <laughs> it's, it's organizations that have to keep files locally for quick access to those files that get hit with this. And it's those organizations that haven't thought their backup strategy through very well. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to um one one more thing before we go though. I I would say if you don't have any backup solution right now, just go online and just google like uh cheap backup software or something or just like go to Costco and grab like one of those hard drives, you know, the USB hard drives that comes with backup software cuz that's going to be a million times better than having nothing. Right. Or, or if you're, if you're fancy, get two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I just want to point out it's on topic that, uh, cloud storage is not backup. Uh, they have been known to, to lose files. So just be aware. Well, there's I mean, that. Well, it's, it's fine if your backup to. loses files, as long as your main hasn't lost files. So, right, but you know, people, the, but the idea of the backup is that you have two copies. So if one gets yeah. lost, you still have it. Another. Copy. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is some people just use cloud storage as like their only thing. You know, only. Oh, is their main. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't just use cloud. You should have a local copy and cloud. The idea, yeah. the, the, the yeah. concept is called it's three, it's called three, two, one backup. You can look it up. You're supposed to have three copies, yeah. two of them on premise and one of them off premises. That's that's yeah. the best backup solution. Yeah, that's another thing is like if if you know if you have your backup like if you're only backing up to a USB drive and it's in your house along with your computer, if something were to happen to your house, like if your house burned down or if it was robbed and they took your computer and that hard drive, those are all your copies. So, you know, keep a keep one of those drives in your car maybe. Or, or that just, would yeah. be the the third one would be house. or the offsite could be cloud. Yeah. 
the offsite could just even even just be as simple as just Google Drive. Because most people don't have that much stuff, and the free Google Drive, you would be able to keep anything important. Also, like your phone has some of the stuff on it, and if you're, something happens to your house, you're going to have a lot your pictures and stuff. A lot of them you took from your phone anyway, and they're going to be on your phone. But again, like I don't think the average it would it's just a it's just a sad sad cyber criminal that would go after like your mom with, with ransomware. It's just like it's a sad. That's that's just. Unless you're I a famous agree, person, there are plenty of sad cyber criminals. I think unless you're like yeah. a person of note, this isn't something you need to worry about as an individual. But if you are working at in any technical capacity and in any organization that has, I don't know, even more than just ten people, it's something to take very seriously. I guess yeah. now on to HK's stuff yep. story. All right. So this week, I've got a really cool story about the Linux Foundation forming a new foundation called the Open Metaverse Foundation. Uh, what this is, is uh, an attempt to, to build uh, a set of open protocols and inter, interoperable uh, procedures and protocols that become the metaverse. Uh, so reading their vision statement, they say, quote, we believe that there can only be one metaverse, and that is an open metaverse. To build the open metaverse will require cross-industry collaboration and cooperation to build open source software and standards that incorporate human-first design principles to create an immersive, interactive environment that is open, accessible, accessible equitable, and safe for all. And then reading their mission statement, our mission is to foster a strong community. Oh, I forgot to unquote. So <laughs> unquote and then quote, our mission statement is to foster a strong community of developers, engineers, academics, and thought leaders who will solve the difficult challenges of building the open metaverse through open source software and open specifications that enable portability and interoperability for an open, global, scalable world which supports interactive and immersive experiences for the benefit of any individual or industry. So basically what they're doing is uh, kind of treating, oh, unquote, by the way, <laughs> kind of treating, uh, treating the, the idea of the metaverse as somewhat akin to the World Wide Web. Uh, when the World Wide Web was in its early days, you know, people had these these networks that could interact and talk with each other, but a lot of them were were closed. Uh, and the the World Wide Web being this open standard of being able to communicate and provide information to other people, uh, that sort of revolutionized uh, the internet and ultimately the world. Uh, so they the the Open Metaverse Foundation believes that the metaverse has the potential to do that. It has the potential to revolutionize the internet again, just like the World Wide Web did. And they want that to be an open revolution, just like the World Wide Web was. Be open and interoperable. So it's not just one company. It's multiple companies. Uh, anyone can get into it. Anyone can innovate on top of it uh, and create something that works with everyone else. Uh, so they don't want something like meta where, you know, if you want to get into meta's little closed bubble of a metaverse, you basically meta takes a cut. 
uh, and they they don't want this idea of like a metaverse controlled by one company. Yeah, so. that, based on where the term metaverse came from, that controlled by one company, I believe, is not how we're supposed to work, anyways. Uh, also, are they going to spend a billion dollars and not even have legs? <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's some open source developer not. out there who can make some good good legs. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people getting pretty good at Blender these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't cover, uh, which I should read to you guys right now, is the interest groups uh, in the uh, in the foundation. So they call them foundational interest groups, and they have several, and they'll be focusing on specific topics. And these are users transactions digital assets, virtual worlds and simulations, artificial intelligence, networking, security and privacy, and legal and policy. So eight different interest groups, uh, you know, designing protocols around these things, uh, working with companies to have them be interactive, uh, interoperable, uh, basically trying to build out what the world wide web is, but for this, this new idea of a metaverse where things exist in three dimensional space, uh, that you use something like a headset to interact with instead of two dimensional space, like the world wide web is. They could add four more and have a uh, 12 rules for the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> clean, clean your virtual room. <laughs> sorry sorry everybody there's just like one button for that clean oh that's great actually fantastic clean my studio <laughs> Bucko. well hopefully if they have these interest groups i especially like that they have security included there and maybe mm-hmm. it'll be more secure by default than the the web was yeah <laughs> security yeah, was like an uh, afterthought in the original World Wide web because i don't think well the people yeah. who were developing it like didn't know how big it was going to be and how much yeah. how much yeah of our economy was going to rely on it it was like a, a like a fun thing for people to i don't know post pictures of cats and i don't know yeah like back in 1992 probably no one at cern was thinking man this thing that we're designing right now is eventually going to like be the only way that people interact with their bank yeah we better make sure it's secure no that that was like <laughs> like the fact that the world wide web has become what it has become is is astounding considering what it started as i i do wish maybe they would have had another another name for it just because metaverse is so closely tied in the, the mind of the yeah. public with uh, the meta corporation um but yeah. also like i don't know maybe they can hijack it well meta hijacked it like metaverse the term metaverse has been around for a long time way longer than facebook has been using it right yeah this is this is this is good i'm surprised we didn't have something like this sooner but also i'm not i mean it's probably been in the works for a lot longer than i know yeah i think uh i think it's a really good idea and i would love to see you know some some of these like i'm a huge fan of open protocols like open web protocols. So uh, I would love to see what kind of protocols come out of this and how you could build software on top of those to interact with each other. 
it'll seem slow at first like like all the like almost every open source thing like seems kind of slow at first right and then all of a sudden you're like whoa how'd we get here that's what this is probably gonna <laughs> it's, that's i imagine how this is gonna go too a, a good yeah. example of that i mentioned blender before a blender the 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 you know the the development on it seemed slow at the beginning and then all of a sudden everybody woke up and it was like the number one 3d modeling software used by hobbyists to all the way into industry and i i hope that happens here i hope some version of that happens here where a company like meta has to like kind of suck it up and follow the rules of the road or whatever or obey these protocols or they're not going to be able to draw people in just because there's the you know if, if this gets ahead of uh the closed ones that'll be good because yeah. in the past a lot of open projects even those that have gone ended up passing by their closed source rivals they were playing catch up at the beginning like uh for example obs that we're using right now at the beginning for a while they were playing catch up with apps like x split and i forget the big one that everybody was using on a mac um and <clears throat> it seems like seems like there it seems like in this case it's early enough in the game that if enough good people get involved and maybe there's like a killer app that interfaces with this that people are using i feel like this can actually maybe get out ahead of everyone else and prevent the prevent the walled gardens from really being able to even build their walls I know walled gardens are pretty good at building walls. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They are. So I guess, uh, I guess I'm up next. I have two quick stories here. Uh, one is just, just a bad look. Microsoft's usually pretty good at their messaging as far as the tech companies go, but this, this was really stupid. One day they had sting perform at the world economic forum at Davos. The next day, Microsoft, I mean, they don't didn't wake up. A company doesn't wake up. But, you know, whoever's job it was to decide if people were getting fired, uh, woke up and fired 10,000 people after they paid Sting like a million dollars to play at Davos. It's just a bad look. I know that 10,000 people like that. You're not hiring them for a very long time for that million bucks at, at Microsoft. Some of those people were, you know, making you know, $250,000, $300,000 a year, I'm sure. So it's not it's not that they were going to be able to keep their job uh, if not for Sting. It's just, could you have could you have done these in a stupider order? And I just wonder what, what either of you have to say about this or if either of you have any thoughts. I mean, it's Davos because you kind of expect stupid stuff happening. But uh, yeah, a lot of the tech companies now are, are getting hit by big layoffs. Uh, what was in the news recently, and I've been hearing a lot from uh, some old friends is you know, Google also laid off like they're laying off like one 12,000 people, so it's going around, but yeah, maybe uh, not book, not pay somebody a bunch of money to sing, <laughs> right? Yeah, there are there are world class uh, DJs you could book for ten thousand dollars that'll go out to Davos right. and spin your Microsoft event, and then you don't get the story written about you. I mean, they probably laid off somebody who's doing DJ in their part time. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how many DJs did they lay off, and how many yeah, musicians did they 10, lay 000, off out of they that? Probably got a couple. No, out of that ten thousand people, it's they're definitely laid off some musicians and and people yeah. doing doing music in some sort of way. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Also, I think yeah, you don't have the article up anymore, but whoever came up with the title for that uh, article was 
they probably need to be laid off because it's a terrible title. What? The tone deaf the, thing? Yeah. The rest of it, tone deaf was fine, but then the rest of it like didn't really fit with the first. Oh. It was a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they probably hired Sting because he's a good singer, right? Was it yeah. is a dumb name for the article. Yeah. To be fair though, the 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 register, while they're not afraid of throwing bombs, it's generally pretty dry and you know, maybe True. Maybe, maybe 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 it's just a lot of dad jokes over over there at the register. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's uh it's sad to see, you know, the the industry that I'm a big part of. Uh and Matt, you you've worked in tech, uh yep. you know, these big tech companies. Uh it's sad to see the layoffs because I know, you know, I know several people who lost their job during all this. Uh, you know, I had a, a friend that worked for Twitter and Twitter laid off a bunch of people. So in his case, it was a good thing. Uh, I think I've talked about this before, but he he was uh, in good shape. But, um, yeah. you know, other people very much aren't. Um uh, and it is, uh, it's sad to see. Well, you yeah, just mentioned, the, you just mentioned Twitter. So I guess maybe no, I'll, uh, moving on. Okay. maybe I'll move on here. Uh, it turns out you can't just post your way through it in a court of law and, uh, a certain, a certain, uh, blood emerald air is learning that, uh, pretty quickly here. Um, if you remember a couple of years back, I think it was 2019. I should have like done more research about this, but whatever. Um, Elon Musk went on Twitter and said, I'm going to take Twitter private. I have secured the funding at 420 a share. And um, he's getting hammered, just absolutely hammered in court on this stuff. I'm actually looking. There's video of it because people were talking about it, funny enough, on Twitter. Um, and actually, it was at 2018. And he was he's trying to convince the court that it wasn't like a weed joke. And that uh, that it was just because that was twenty percent more than uh, Tesla's value at the time, and um, it's not working out so good. The prosec- the the the, the plaintiff's uh, attorney asked, "Did you just do this joke to impress your girlfriend?" <laughs> Which is not something you would expect, like the one of the like most powerful business people in the world to be asked in a court of law, like regarding essentially market manipulation right you just don't expect that the it's it's an absolute shit show and i'm just hoping that the video because people are watching this video i'm hoping it's out there somewhere because i will watch the whole thing on stream this guy he's up in there saying oh i did it because people were trying to short my stock wah 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 but like other people people shorting your stock it's all in the game baby that's short selling is just part of the game especially with a volatile stock like tesla and yeah some of them some of them shorts made a lot of money didn't they a lot of recently i think at at that time they lost money because the stock price kept going up but since then they've definitely made a lot of money (laughs) um since uh, Elon bought Twitter, the, the Tesla stock has not been doing too well. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, he was trying to claim that. So he talked to like some Saudis or something 
And that was him securing the funding, but there was like no agreement or anything like that. The Saudi Saudi Arabia's public <laughs> investment fund. He said he had a firm commitment oh, yeah, from yeah. them to take Tesla private, but there's no, nobody can find any evidence that he was even talking to them about it. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. Um, it's about fucking time that he's been uh, grilled over this because, like, the guy manipulates stock prices and and he manipulates currency prices on his Twitter yeah. constantly. So, you know, he's been. I think that he he has committed, or he has he has at least done things that, if if they aren't committing a crime, they're very close. You know what I mean? Yo, the the, yep. the plaintiff's attorney called him Mr. Tweet during the uh <laughs> during the, the thing like I'm this whoever this plaintiff's attorney is seems like he's doing a really good job from what I'm hearing and he's like really kind of making this guy squirm. And the throughout the entire history of Tesla, people have been accusing Elon Musk of using Twitter just Twitter, but they would maybe say social media and his public presence as a public figure to manipulate the stock of Twitter via his uh, on the record, uh, to manipulate the stock of Tesla via his on the record statements about everything from the abilities that the cars are going to have in just one year that never pan out to this. We're taking it private. He was in there trying to say that he could cover taking Tesla private just with his SpaceX stock. And that's, I mean, I, there's no world in which that could possibly be true. Even in 2018, I bet, I bet he has more, I bet today his SpaceX stock is worth more than in 2018. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that it is, but that's it's what was it that Elon or was it the Saudis that you never actually talked to? (laughs) Or were you just trying to, to pump your own stock price up? And I think it was him trying to pump the stock price of Tesla up. And I think it's, that's going to be demonstrated here. And I hope they actually hit him with something. I hope it isn't one of these where, you know, oh, the SEC has found this and this and this, and they find Microsoft $6 million. It's like, oh, great. You just find me a nickel. Thanks. Yeah. I hope like yeah. this actually, I hope they actually hit him because <clears throat> people who bought on that were stupid probably, and they were not paying attention. <clears throat> but not everybody who's who was financially tied into that was the one who pressed the buy button. There are mutual funds, hedge funds, teachers unions that had probably had stock in Tesla. Any number of any number of organizations probably had this in their portfolio. And the pre- people who got hurt at the bottom weren't the ones pressing the button to buy. Yeah. But also defrauding stupid people is still defrauding people. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, it's still fraud. If the other person's an idiot, you're absolutely right. In fact, I would suggest it's more wrong if you figured out the other person is stupid to then take advantage of them. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, it's just a pattern of behavior from this guy. And I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely convinced that, that this is some kind of genius. I think this is a guy who got lucky and has been like using his sort of almost like Tony Stark mystique to manipulate people and to manipulate entire markets, not just his Tesla stock. You were mentioning it before he manipulates cryptocurrency HK. Yep. Yeah. Genius. I, uh, I'm not even entirely convinced he's 
modestly smart. Right. And we don't even yeah. really believe in <laughs> measurable intelligence around here in the way that a lot of people do. But I would like to measure his skull, actually, to see. <laughs> uh, he he seems to be fluent in at least one language. So at, at least he's, uh, you know, conversationally intelligent, meaning that he knows how to maintain a conversation. I thought you were going to say his language is the grift. <laughs> You know, I don't think he's going to okay, be all... so I guess he's fluent in two languages. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be all alms for the poor, but I mean, th- you know, this court has sweeping powers. They could tell him that he can't be on the board of any company ever again as a result of, like, a judgment against him. It's not going to... It's not just money that they have the power. They have the power to, like, sanction his future behavior and his future ability to generate wealth. Honestly, but- that would probably be good for society to to keep him off the board of any company ever again right be like listen you could take your bags of money and go away and that's the only thing it's legal for you to do now <laughs> yep <clears throat> yeah i don't know i mean you know a lot of people are like oh this is just a bunch of drama and it's like well no this is securities fraud actually people go to jail for this all the time um people go to yep. jail for <clears throat> very small amounts of money relative to what potentially could have happened here and it did pump the price of the stock up. And I don't know, did some yeah. of his friends engage in a pump and dump as part of this? Who knows? Who knows? Did he sell yeah. any stock after this? Probably not. But that doesn't mean that not his friends didn't. After. Yeah. Uh, I believe you could figure that out, right? That's public information. Yeah, figuring out whether or not he sold at like a peak after he did this is pretty easy. But then like trying to cross reference, like did his friends get rich off of it? That's that would be much more yeah, difficult true. because like, yeah. how do you de- decide who is his friend? How do you, you know, that would be a whole investigation. Well, that's kind of easy. I'm pretty sure he has no friends. Well, uh, he's friends <laughs> with Peter Thiel again, actually, which is <laughs> his uh, his business partners. Yeah, that his business associates. Did they make money on it? Because I guarantee you that the, you know, the the teachers union fund probably got left holding the bag no matter what happened here. Right. Little, little man pays as the, as the, the saying goes. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope that this is the year that this guy gets knocked down a couple pegs and that, you know, not just us courts, but hopefully courts in other, in other countries go after him for his behavior, because this isn't just an issue in the United States. People in other countries invest in Tesla stock. So if something happens here, what's to say the EU doesn't trail up? trail the u.s courts and uh, file a similar complaint or even japan who, who you know who knows australia anybody canada could do it because there are going to be you know if it's found that people were defrauded in the united states well ain't just uh, ain't just americans investing in the u.s stock market so this could have a cascading effect um the other thing that could happen as has been the case with him in almost every every one of these things is that nothing happens to him which yeah. is yeah unfortunately and uh, the cynic in me thinks that that's at least 50% likely that just nothing happens. Yeah. Well, I guess that's our show. And we'd like to end yeah, it on a positive note. On that wonderful note. note. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll read the show out this week if that's okay with everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. good at this kind of thing. Thanks everybody for listening to our tech show. This is called How the Tech Are You? We uh, try to put this out every Wednesday, but being who we are, it doesn't always come out Wednesday. Just subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. You'll get it. Um, we have some new stuff in our swag shop. That's eplex.store. And there's, of course, uh, a logo shirt for 
this show, but there's also a lot of other fun stuff in there. And I've been thinking a little bit about other, uh, how the tech are you kind of merch for that. Maybe a mouse pad, right? People who watch this show might use a mouse. Uh, you can find out anything else you need to know about us at echoplexmedia.com and have a great tech and week.